welcome back to another Black Shoe Diaries podcast. Today, I'll be hosting, and we've got with us Adam Collier, one of the authors here at Black Shoe Diaries. Adam, we've had a lot of recent news going on in the Penn State world, including a couple of our 2013 commitments, as well as, obviously, the coaching staff has been completed with the addition of Charlie Fisher. Can you give me uh, just some reactions for the past month or so? Well, I got to say, you know, I was pretty skeptical of the uh, O'Brien hire initially. Uh, it turns out that he's done a pretty decent job. It seems like he's been pretty aggressive on the recruiting trail. You got to love to see that. Um, you know, getting a getting a big quarterback commit, that's nice to see. Uh, Pro-style guy can move a little bit in the pocket. Uh, probably better than what we have now, what we've seen in the last season, that's for sure. Um you know, you needed know, defensive back, got a help with defensive back, secured both of our commits from last year. Got to say, pretty well. Yeah, he certainly has done quite well given uh, some of the initial reactions to his hire. A lot of people were kind of skeptical because he wasn't a major name. Um, but people uh, waited to see and it. And I got to say, after the first uh, well, what, six months now, or six weeks, I'm sorry, he's done pretty well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I I have to admit, I was extremely skeptical. I think even when we did the reaction post on VSP, um, I was I was fairly vocal about well, pretty much everything uh, since his first press conference. He's really grown. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, we actually have a special guest uh, this week, and we're gonna bring him on right now to talk about some Penn State issues, some Big Ten issues, and anything else we can fit in. From ESPN, the Big Ten blogger Adam Rittenberg is joining us from Chicago, Illinois. Adam, hello. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Well, hey, what can you tell us about Bill O'Brien? Um, we, as Penn State fans and Penn State bloggers, we tend to focus a lot more in-depth on just Penn State. So we kind of lose focus on what the national perception is and what other schools, other fans, other analysts think about it. So what did you see about Bill O'Brien hire, the other coaching staff members. What can you tell us? Right. I think, you know, so far so good as far as the time that Bill O'Brien had hired until now. I think most of the criticism nationally, and I'm sure it was the same for you guys who are more who are closer to Penn State, it just was, was, was surrounding, surrounding the search itself, how long it took, you know, the names that would come and go, and it just seemed to be dragging on and on and on. And then you end up with a guy who hadn't been a head coach before, who's coming from the NFL, no ties to Penn State. So a lot of people wondered, why didn't you just make this hire uh, a few weeks uh, into December, um, you know, when, when it became apparent that obviously you're going to make a coaching change. So that, I think that's where the criticism came. You know, Bill O'Brien, you know, while we don't know how he's going to do in this role, and there's certainly going to be some speed bumps along the way in a really unique situation with Joe Paterno uh, no longer the head coach, and uh, and all the scandal around the program, he's in a unique situation there. But I, I think you know from from January sixth to now, uh, he's done a lot of good things, handling himself well with the media, opening up the program more. The access uh, to him and his assistants and his players has been completely different than it had been for years at Penn State. And then making an impact now on the recruiting trail with a couple of commitments, including a quarterback, a much needed quarterback. For, for Penn State for 2013, I also did like the Charlie Fisher hire uh, quarterbacks coach. I think it was one of the, the, the more significant hires on that staff. So I think, you know, for a guy who has yet to coach a game, has yet to coach a practice uh, at Penn State, he's doing a nice job. 
how much of the coaching staff do you think is based a lot on not just their name recognition, but on the names that they've produced, that they've coached? A lot of people point to Bill O'Brien's coaching of Tom Brady to Charlie Fisher's coaching of Jay Cutler as signs that they'll have similar success at Penn State. Is that directly transferable, or uh, can Penn State fans expect that Charlie Fisher and Bill O'Brien come in and turn Rob Bolton into a Heisman Trophy winner? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's realistic to expect that right away. But uh, you would like to think by the time you know they're done at Penn State, they will have you know a guy of the caliber of Jay Cutler at, maybe in college. Uh, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. You know, the next guy that's going to walk in is going to be you know an NFL quarterback. But I, I think there's definitely a greater potential now for Penn State to start turning around its fortunes at the quarterback position. It's really amazing how few. Uh, pro quarterbacks have come out of that program. It's been so long since one has been drafted, uh, at least at the quarterback position. So I, I really think you know Bill O'Brien's reputation of working with quarterbacks is going to be a huge plus for Penn State. Charlie Fisher's reputation as a veteran quarterbacks coach is going to help them in many ways. And from talking to Charlie Fisher, he made it clear. You know, uh, he basically told me that that uh, he and Coach O'Brien are joined at the hip. He's really his right-hand man with the offense, even though he's not offensive coordinator. And together they're going to be working to mold uh, these quarterbacks into better players, working with the current talent, and more importantly, going out and getting players like Christian Hackenberg who have the potential to be really, really good college uh, quarterbacks. You know, Adam, it's really interesting that you say that because it actually sounds like uh, it sounds like the relationship that O'Brien and Belichick and Brady had for their first couple years in New England O'Brien certainly wasn't the offense coordinator until this year, I suppose. Uh, but he uh, apparently he was very involved in the offense and calling plays and, and obviously coaching up uh, Brady during some record-breaking years. It sounds like that's the kind of relationship that Fisher's going to have with them. Yeah, and I, I think that's natural. I mean, when you don't name an offensive coordinator uh, you know, by title – I think you have to have somebody who can bounce ideas off of, uh, you know, as a head coach, a first-time head coach, he's going to have so much on his plate, Bill O'Brien. And, and while, you know, he'll be obviously directing the play calls and a lot of the things on offense, uh, you, you need someone you, you, can, you can trust uh, to, to really be almost that de facto offensive coordinator working with the most important position on the field. Charlie Fisher can call plays. He's worked with a lot of quarterbacks at a lot of, a lot of different levels and had success. So I think it was a really, really important hire along with defensive coordinator, along with some of the other positions. But that was the one I was looking for You know, when he said he wasn't going to name an offensive coordinator. Who is he going to bring in to work with this position? It's really, really been a problem at Penn State as far as getting guys who can play at that next level and really be elite players. You've had Daryl Clark, who was a really good college quarterback, Michael Robinson, who was a really good college quarterback, but but you know it, it has not been a, uh, a cradle of quarterbacks in state college, and I think these two guys at least give that 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 possibility out that that that's now possible for Penn State. Do you guys think it's necessary at this level at this point in in you know Division One FBS football? Do you think it's necessary in order to compete at the highest level to have a pro caliber quarterback running your offense, or can you still win and win big? Um, with with a college level Daryl Clark Michael Robinson type. Oh, I, go ahead. Go uh, ahead, Jeff. Okay, I, I was just gonna say, um, I, I definitely think you can still win with any style quarterback. We've seen pro styles, we've seen spread offenses, we've seen everything from um, triple option offense be somewhat successful in the college ranks. Whether or not they're moving 
towards a pro style offense as the as the kind of um, flash in the pan offense that sticks around for a while before they move back to spread. I don't know. Is that the way that Penn State's heading? It definitely seems that way, especially after reading Adam's interview with Charlie Fisher. They seem to be set on a pro style offense. Um, but I, you, know, you can see success in any style of offense. And Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like it doesn't necessarily depend on the style of offense. It depends on the players executing that offense. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I think, you know, just to look at Ohio State for an example, how, how, how many pro quarterbacks have they produced in the last 10 years or so? I mean, they won a national championship with Craig Krenzel, you know, who, who didn't, you know, to go on to much of a pro career. So it's, it's not a requirement, but it certainly helps to have a guy, you know, especially like Jeff said, with the type of offense that Penn State wants to run, who, who has those elite qualities and can be a leader and, 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 and can do things that, that, uh, they, that, can, that can get your offense out of trouble at times, whether it's scrambling, making a tough throw. But I think it's overall not just about maybe the quality of quarterback or the ability to develop quarterbacks, but it's the entire system that Penn State, I think, should run and will run with Bill O'Brien and Charlie Fisher and the staff, a more dynamic offense, uh, an offense that really can feature the tight end position in, in new ways that maybe we haven't even seen at the college level, given what he did with the Patriots. So there's a lot to be excited about. There's some unknowns, and, you know, and certainly areas need to be addressed. The offensive line and, and so forth, but I think if you're a Penn State fan, you have to be really excited about the potential for, for what this offense could be after seeing it in a certain way for years and years. Well, that was one of the, the buzzwords I was kind of looking for, Adam, and it's going to be a great segue into what I want to talk about next, and that's the recruiting that Coach O'Brien and his staff have been able to do. Uh, we all know that he signed Christian Hackenberg, a very highly rated quarterback out of Virginia. And you mentioned that tight ends are going to be heavy in a Bill O'Brien offense. Now, I'm pretty sure everybody can see where I'm going with this. Earlier today, or earlier last week, um, Adam Brennan, one of the highest-rated tight end prospects in Pennsylvania and in the nation, announced his announcement date of March 9th. Adam, what's the national perception on this kid? Uh, a lot of Penn Staters think it's just a matter of time before he comes to Penn State. Ohio State seems to think they have a chance. Uh, what do you hear? Yeah, you know, you know, the thing I heard from from talking to one of our recruiting guys after Hackenberg committed uh, last week was that you know um, that that there was a really good chance that would lead to Brenneman coming along board and and certainly having those two as cornerstones on the offensive side of the recruiting class to have a, an elite quarterback. Uh, prospect and an elite tight end prospect uh, is a great starting point for for Bill O'Brien's first real recruiting class. So I, I definitely think Hackenberg's commitment could could lead to another big one uh, on March 9th or sooner. Uh, you know, so it's it's a good sign going forward. But yeah, I, I really think you know in the big picture, you know whether whether Penn State gets this kid or not, they're gonna you know if they run the offense the way Bill O'Brien ran it in New England, it's gonna be one that's very appealing. Two uh, two tight end prospects nationally, you know, along with some of the other offenses in the Big Ten. Michigan State's established itself as an offense where tight ends can, can do really well. Wisconsin, obviously. Iowa has really been uh, you know, a place where tight ends have gone on to the NFL. So Penn State needs to be that. I mean, you saw Andrew Quarles, his ability you know, as a guy that projected to the next level. Did Penn State use him as well as they could have? That's debatable. But I think with O'Brien in place, uh, it's going to be known you know, potentially as a destination for, for top tight end prospects. 
Adam Collier, what are you uh, what are you looking at when you look at the Penn State recruiting of of 2013? It started off uh, kind of slow in comparison to Ohio State and Michigan, who were out there getting number of commits. But in the last couple of days, we've gotten our first two. So where do you think we're going? Do you like the outlook? Do you like the way that new coaching staff has been performing on the trail? I like the outlook. I like the sort of national scope they're using. I, I, what I actually really like is that O'Brien talks about this 300 or 400 mile radius, but isn't afraid to expand out of that radius when he sees somebody he likes. You know, we've seen some contact with prospects in California. We, you know, I know we have guys in Florida. Uh, we got bench out of Georgia last year, and, and I know Ted Roof and a, and a couple of the other new staff members have plenty of contacts down south. These are all really good things for us. Um, the staff, the new staff, has been very aggressive, which is clearly a switch from uh, the the previous administration, if you will, um, and, and and that's a good thing. I it's hard to say that they've started out slow. I think uh, I think the one thing that we all have to remember is that Brady Hoke's been at, at Michigan for a year. Um, he had a very successful season last year. He's obviously a, a quality recruiter. He knows the school very well. He coached there before. He knows how to sell it, and he put together a staff that's clearly very competent. It's not a surprise that they've had so much success uh, this early on. I think it's also not particularly surprising that Urban Myers had so much success. He's been at Ohio State since the middle of December, so he's had some time to really figure out what the what the next class looks like. He's probably the most successful recruiter in the country um, as a head coach. I think maybe you know uh, you could probably look at Nick Saban as uh, as as his equal, but I don't think either. I don't. I certainly don't think Saban's better. Um, given that O'Brien and his staff have really been in place, you know the whole staff's been in place what a week, uh, and most of the staff has been in place for six weeks or so. Uh, I think the progress that they've made. They signed a great kid out of uh, out of Ohio and Ross Douglas. Uh, we're in a place where we really needed help as a defensive back. Um, Hackenberg is is phenomenal. Sounds like we're really in on Brenneman uh, and a lot of very impressive four or five star prospects. Um, you know, I, I mean, how could you complain? Right, and, and I guess it's tough to complain this early. Even if we still had zero, it would be tough to say. You know the coaching staff isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing because there are so many prospects out there that keep Penn, keep mentioning Penn State, even if they haven't committed yet. And there's still eleven months to go until the next signing day. So, yeah, you know, I think it's important to remember. I, I mean, for all the nonsense that's happened since November, you know, this is still Penn State. This is still one of the top programs in the country. This is still one of the best places to go to school in the entire world. Um, you know. We're going to have guys. There are 110,000 seats in that stadium that need to be filled. Uh, there's never going to be a moment where guys really want to play here. Um, so we'll always get at least a decent class. I'd, I'd like to think, as long as we put in some minimal effort. Uh, I like the effort that we're seeing so far from this day. Okay, well, the recruits can only get you so far until they're actually on field. So... Adam Rittenberg, what can you tell us about the 2012 season where we'll actually have players on field and they won't be, it won't be Christian Hackenberg and it won't be Ross Douglas? We open September 1st against Ohio, and then we've got 12-week 12, schedule just like every year. What's the outlook this year? You know, it's going to be interesting. I think there's opportunities uh, with the schedule to 
to, to, to have a nice first season under Bill O'Brien. There are a lot of unknowns, and there's going to be some, some growing pains along the way, especially on the offensive side with so many um, question marks, I'd say, at quarterback and other spots. But I think the schedule does set up well for Penn State. And really, you know, one thing to, to note is that the, 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 the division is so wide open. And with Ohio State being banned from a bowl, um, you know, who's going to win the leaders' division? Is it going to be Wisconsin by default? I mean, Wisconsin loses almost all their staff, and they lose some key players, including Russell Wilson. Are they able to win that division? Um, you know, is Purdue going to make a run? Is Illinois going to make a run? Penn State could be right there, especially, you know, the fact that they host both Ohio State and Wisconsin in State College. That could be a really big, uh, b- those will should be big opportunities for that uh, Penn State team. But, uh, you know, again, I think defensively, Penn State has a chance to be really good. I think they have, you know, one of the nation's best uh, groups of linebackers uh, with Hodges coming back, and we'll see about Mahdi's health. But, you know, Carson, I mean, there's really uh, some excellent depth at that position. You know, secondary, they're, they're replenishing a little bit after losing some key guys, but should be pretty decent up front. Obviously, you know, having to replace Still will be uh, will be a tall task, but Jordan Hill and, and others uh, are going to try to step in and do that. I, you know, again, the, the offense is the one that I'm going to be watching, uh, you know, more, I'm sure, as you will, you know, how, how the quarterbacks are going to play, what the play calling is going to be like, how the tight ends are going to be used, who steps up at wide receiver, how does the offensive line look. I mean, that that's the unit. It, to me, that's going to determine whether Penn State, you know, wins six or seven, or whether they they can really contend for the leaders' division championship. Right, and I think everyone just almost assumes that Penn State will have a strong defense, and it seems that that's going to continue at least for the front seven. Adam Collier already alluded to the fact that the defensive secondary is kind of thin. We don't have as much depth at certain positions as we would like. But those linebackers look very, very good. Jordan Hill looks like he's going to be the next big lineman product out of Penn State with Larry Johnson just putting in serious work. Uh, One linebacker to mention is Kyrie Fort, who tweeted earlier that he had put on 13 pounds in five weeks with the new strength program, and that's something that all these players seem to be very excited about. So it's kind of – it's going to be fun to watch how the new – strength and conditioning program with Craig Fitzgerald translates to success in the field because a lot of criticism over about Penn State over the last few years has been that they have a they get pushed around in the trenches a bit uh, and they don't have the big bodies that you see on Wisconsin's lines or Iowa's lines. Now, the question marks are always going to be at, at, on the offense, at least until we get Bill O'Brien's players in there. So that's what I'm watching. Uh, Adam Collier, what do you think? What are, where are the question marks? Where are the strengths? I, I'm more, I think I'm more concerned. Oh. I think I'm more concerned about the defense. Honestly, I, I come to expect the offense to be mediocre at best. Um, you know, uh, Roof seems to have the right attitude. He's promised to be more aggressive. Oh, Tom Bradley was pretty successful. Coordinator. I know we have difficulty painting pro stars, but uh, you know you'd like to see you'd like to see still maintain kind of standard very Right, and it's it's going to be uh, interesting to watch for, for twelve weeks. It, it could be uh, an interesting schedule. There are some tough teams, some teams that. Uh, could be sleepers like that Virginia team at September 8th, but we'll wait and see what the big time looks like. Um, but maybe, Adam, you can fill us in a little bit now as to what the Big Ten 
what the other division is going to look like. We already touched a bit on the leaders' division with Ohio State and Wisconsin. But what about the, the legends? Um, is Michigan going to be right back at the top? What about Michigan State? You know, where, where do they stand over there? Yeah, no, I, th- I think, uh, you know, from, from at least right now, you know, in March, the Legends division, to me, looks by far the stronger division. I mean, you have Michigan and Michigan State, which both could be top 10 teams or certainly top 15 teams. You have Nebraska, uh, you know, which will be in a second year in, its, in the league and returning most of its offense. You know, Iowa is a team that really could go either way. I mean, they're replacing both of their coordinators for the first time in Kirk Ferentz's tenure, but you know, that's a team that typically wins at least six or seven games and has the potential to win more. Northwestern's a team that's gone to, to, to four straight bowl games. Then you have Minnesota in its second year under Jerry Kill. But I, I think the class of the division is is Michigan, Michigan State, and Nebraska. And I really think Michigan State, you know, even though they lose Kirk Cousins, even though they lose a couple pieces on offense, um, their defense is scary good. And I really think, despite losing Jarrell Worthy, they could be uh, an even better defense in 2012. And uh, you know, again, I, I think the champion of the Big Ten will be coming out of the Legends Division. You know, just whether it'll be Michigan, Michigan State, or Nebraska, it probably won't be those those other three teams. Who's your way too early prediction for Big Ten championship game and Big Ten champion? You know, it's interesting. I struggle with the leaders' division a lot. I mean, I guess the tempting thing is to pick Wisconsin, but uh, again, that's a lot of turnover. Six new assistant coaches, uh, and uh, you know, losing Russell Wilson, losing a couple of uh, All-American offensive linemen. They've shown the ability to reload. They really did that between. 2010 and 2011, but with questions of quarterback, you know, even though they might only have to go six and two or or something in the in the in the in the league, it, it's going to be tough. I, it wouldn't shock me if a Penn State or an Il- or, a, or a Penn State or maybe a Purdue or an, or an Illinois made a run in the leaders. I, I I like Michigan State coming out of the Legends, but Michigan is going to have them at home. Uh, Nebraska is going to have Michigan coming to their place after getting embarrassed in Ann Arbor last year. Uh, I guess I, I lean right now towards. Maybe a rematch of last year, Michigan State and Wisconsin, but uh, I'm not very confident at this point. I think uh, you know it, there really are some some different combinations that could end up uh, meeting in Indianapolis in December. Collier, what do you say? Uh, I think the, I think Adam's right. The leaders' division seems wide open to me. I the Wisconsin pick would be interesting. I don't think they're going to have any kind of success that they had when they had Russell Wilson last year. Um, actually, my my roommate, my my best friend in the world, is an NC State grad. Uh, I've been watching Russell Wilson for several years. It was mind-blowing to me that there were people who were questioning whether he could make it in the Big Ten. I think he's certainly proved that uh, over the past year. He really added uh, a a different dynamic to that power running game. I think without him, they're going to struggle. But, you know, I'm not not sold on Ohio State in in Myers' first year. Uh, Miller's a great player. The defense will be good. But who knows what that will look like. Uh, I, I think we have a shot, to be honest. If we can get some reasonable quarterback play, the defense can uphold its standards. I, I don't see any reason why we can't, uh, you know, why we can't make an appearance in the Big Ten title game. I, I like the Michigan State pick. I think that's pretty reasonable. Michigan should have another good year. Uh, you know, Hope's bringing in his guys. I think he's a very good coach. Uh, I, I think he's going to get the job done there. I, that division is going to be extremely competitive. I'm not. I'm still not completely sold on Nebraska. Polini's a decent coach. Uh, you know they've got some interesting players, but overall, I think the Michigan State pick is probably right. Yeah, I think I tend to agree there. As much as my wife, a Michigan alum, would kill me to to say, 
I think Michigan State's the pick with Michigan a close second out of the uh, the Legends division. Out of the leaders, like both of you have said, it's it's a toss up. Um, Penn State could make a run. Penn State could go six and six, and it seems like we make that call every year, which is unfortunate. So hopefully this year is somewhat different for uh, for the better for Penn State fans. All right, a couple of quick hitters before we say goodbye to uh, to Adam Rittenberg, who's been very gracious guest for us. Uh, Adam Rittenberg, what is what's your initial take on Urban Meyer? We talked about Bill O'Brien and his first few weeks of, at Penn State. Urban Meyer's had a few more weeks. He ruffled some feathers at the end of the 2012 recruiting class. Uh, Brett Bielema was a very vocal critic of his. Uh, they seem to have worked out their differences, but he's going to be around for at least a few years. No one can say how long, given his health and his uh, attention span, it seems. <laughs> but what, uh, what's, what's the initial reaction? What's, uh, what's the outlook in Columbus? Well, I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited. I mean, he's recruiting at, you know, like you guys said, he's recruiting at an elite level nationally. You know, as as uh, as you mentioned, he's he's one of the nation's best head coach recruiters, and that's why Ohio State did so well in this recruiting class. Although I think you guys understand this better than most fans I hear from that. You know, if the Penn State situation hadn't played out the way it did, I don't think Ohio State has a top five or top ten class I think it's a little bit lower down I think that it was sort of the perfect storm for Ohio State for this past recruiting class but he's a guy that's going to recruit well uh you know I think he's put together a pretty good staff at Ohio State I mean Tom Herman an interesting hire at offensive coordinator he's got something to prove but uh on the defensive side with Luke Fickle and Everett Withers on defense as coordinators and you know a really really good defensive staff overall so uh, I, you know, I think I think honestly the opinion is that uh, that Ohio State, you know, after going through a really hellish year in 2011, is in position to you know once again be among the nation's best teams probably in 2013, maybe challenge for a national title that year depending on how things play out. But the talent will be there for Urban Meyer. He's got to coach him up. He didn't do that in his final year at Florida. Uh, Will Muschamp still paying the price for that in a sense right now. It's going to take a little bit of time to get that turned around. But I, I think that uh, the talent's going to be there. He's got a good staff. He's at a place where, where you can win and you have won and uh, has really been the one team in the Big Ten that's been competitive or, or close to competitive nationally year in and year out. So I think by 2013, you know, Ohio State's going to be right in that mix for a national title um, along with uh, maybe a team like Michigan, and, and, and we'll see who else is going to rise rise up in the Big Ten. Collier, what do you think? We have Ohio State at home in 2012, travel to Columbus in 13, and Ohio State at home again in 14. Uh, what's what's the outlook? Because those are always scary matchups. Uh, one and two, yeah, probably, um, if only because the history of this series, even when we haven't been particularly great, uh, seems to demand that. Um, you know, nice win last year was very satisfying victory, uh, even if it was a little too close for my liking. Uh, I, I think one and two is probably right. Meyer's a great coach. I, I think he's going to have plenty of success there. Uh, but, you know, I, look, it's still so early with O'Brien. It's tough to tell. You'd like to see the offense make progress this year, and if he does, I mean, maybe that changes my mind, you know. All right, two questions real quick. Off-the-cuff answers, what do you guys got? First, Penn State's record in 2012 before the bowl game will be Rittenberg? 
I, I, I think they're probably going to be in that eight and four range. Uh, maybe, maybe nine and three. Again, again, the 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 schedule sets up well, and you have a defense that uh, I, I really think if they work out some of the issues in the secondary, they could be a pretty good unit. So I, I would say eight and four uh, because it's a pretty soft non-conference schedule, and uh, you know, again, the the, the Big Ten schedule uh, sets up well for Penn State. Collier. I like nine and three, but I, I'm actually a little uh, more nervous about the non-con than uh, than Adam is. I think uh, I, I think that Virginia matchup could be a little tougher than we expect. I, I you know I think I think we're going to have a little bit of trouble, especially with the new system coming through. Right. All right. Last question: If there you get one vote for the Heisman, and one of the one of the votes has to go to a Big Ten player in 2012, who's the most likely candidate in the Big Ten? Collier, we'll go with you first. Ah, come on, you're killing me. Let let me defer to our national expert first. <laughs> All right, Rittenberg, he's putting you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, honestly, it's a it's a fairly. I guess you can go a diff- couple different ways, but I mean, I think you have to go with Monty Ball. I mean, he was a, he was a finalist last year, and you know, again, Wisconsin has shown they can lose star offensive linemen. And, and reload year after year. So he's going to have opportunities. Yeah, he's not going to have the great quarterback in the backfield necessarily, but uh, he, he is an elite running back and a guy that people know about nationally now. Remember that Wisconsin, I mean, you can't really blame them, but they, but they basically promoted the wrong guy for the Heisman in Russell Wilson rather than Monty Ball, and I think that was why um, you know, maybe he got a little bit uh, a, a little bit sh- shorted in terms of voting. But uh, you know, a guy that had an awesome junior year and I think uh, is a guy you have to look at is one of the premier Heisman contenders entering 20, 2012. Certainly. Adam, what do you think? All right. I, you know, I, I like Monty Ball. I think he's going to struggle a little bit without Russell Wilson back there, uh, backing defenses off a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I know he, he had a tough year in some spots, but he's so electric. Denard Robinson's just amazing to watch every time he has the ball in his hands. Um, and I, I think my dark horse pick would probably be Silas Red if, if we can have a decent record. Uh, it, it probably means that, that Red's doing work, uh, both in the pass and the run game. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's likely that he'd be the guy. Those are two solid picks. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, with Adam Collier joining us from Black Shoe Diaries and our very special out-of-town guest, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN. Tune into Adam's blog over at ESPN and continue to tune into Black Shoe Diaries for as much news as we can possibly bring you. So thanks, thanks you guys, and thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody.